Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. Three guys, three decades, three perspectives. Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. Morgan Coffee Co. is a small batch coffee company out of Point Pleasant, New Jersey. They feature unique blends inspired by the Jersey Shore, and every month they feature a new single-origin coffee from around the world and their new Flavor of the Month Club. Bean Morgan Coffee Co. is giving our listeners 10% off all coffee and their recently released K-Cups. Visit Bean Morgan Coffee Co. and enter Cousins10 at checkout. Bean Morgan Coffee Co., the roast from the coast. What's up, everybody? It's the Me and My Cousins podcast, and for probably the fifth or sixth week in a row, it's only Angelo coming to you on this episode. I want to talk about that for just a second. Uh, season one, we kind of flew by the seat of our pants. We got the idea kind of at the last minute. We just started flowing with just the three of us, me, Mike, and Kenny, of course. And then we got some guests, and every week we were scrambling to book guests. So what I did over the holidays from 2020 going into 2021 I booked about 20 guests in advance and we're recording every Tuesday night. And that worked really well. We had a lot of great guests early on in the season, right? But then uh, right about in April or May, Kenny got an accident, which we talked about on the episode of Chris Rockwell and the Two Fit Crazies. And he was in the hospital for a while. He was home and in bed for a while. And it got really hard for him to record. And then as April ended and May started, Mike got an opportunity at his day job to do some stuff on Tuesday and Thursday nights that he couldn't reschedule. And all of our guests were booked on Tuesday nights. And these were busy people. Like These are people that have performances and photo shoots and other media uh, responsibilities. So they couldn't just shift their schedule all around to the last minute. So we got to the point of it was just me doing the interviews for a good portion of season two. Now, I really enjoyed it. I got to have a lot of my friends on the show and meet a bunch of really cool people doing that. But it, for whatever reason, got away from the original concept of three guys, three decades, three perspectives, and me hanging out with my cousins, Mike and Kenny. So I'm just putting it out there now to let you know that's what's been going on in season two. We're going to hopefully get everybody back for one more episode to wrap up season two. We're going to take about a month off from me and my cousins, uh, let Mike and Kenny enjoy the summer a little bit, and I'm going to go to work on the audiobook version of Stand Up and Laugh, which is, of course, available now from Microcosm Publishing, where I'm going to read every episode. I'm going to read a chapter of the book or a part of the book and then follow up with an interview. And I got some pretty crazy interviews already in the can that I can't wait for you guys to hear. If you follow me on social media at Mr. Fifth Round, uh, you'll see some of the people that were nice enough to give me their time and sit down and talk about their comedy journey and the comedy scene that they came out of before they blew up. So I'm super excited to work on that in June and get it out to the world in July. Uh, uh, and then hopefully in July, we start back up with me and my cousins and hit you again in the summer with, you know, the, the great interviews and the, the great camaraderie you've had with me, Mike, and Kenny uh, for all of season one and a good part of season two. I'm super proud of season two. I think we did a lot of great work. I just wish it was more of the three-headed monster coming at you every week and not just me having a great interview, but really missing Mike and Kenny on the mic. So hopefully we get back with those guys for season three and uh, we keep crushing it. And that being said, you know, always if you could rate, review, subscribe. If you know any sponsors, I uh, want to throw some, some sponsorships our way. We'll always take them. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for where the show is right now. That being said, uh, this week we're doing another Authors Roundtable. We did one a couple episodes ago with my good friends Tim Lowe and Steve Poston from the Comedy World. This week we're doing something a little different. I connected with two people I met at my day job in college athletics 
who won uh, Vinnie Marco Trigiano, been friends with him for about a decade. He put a book out right at the end of 2019, the children's book, which is really great. You should definitely get your hands on it. And he, we're going to talk about it to him through how he promoted that and sold the book through, honestly, one of the hardest years as a, as a country and economy we've had, at least in my lifetime, right? On the other side of the interviews, we have Sarah Dole, the head women's golf coach for a long time at Seton Hall University, now the head women's golf coach at the University of San Francisco, who has written a book for kids that are graduating college and transitioning into the adult world, right? And I think that's kind of a different animal altogether than a children's book or what I did, which is a fitness book, but I'll talk about in a second. And she's kind of helping people with the mental side of the game. For this episode, I'm not going to really talk about stand-up and laugh that much. I feel like I talked about it enough on this podcast. If you listen to the show at all, you know it's already out there. I'm going to talk mainly about another book I have coming out in September in Europe and in November in the United States called Finish Strong, Resistance Training for Endurance Athletes from Bloomsbury Publishing. And it's about how to use resistance training and weightlifting to make you a better marathoner, swimmer, cyclist, or triathlete. So I've really gotten a lot out of the marathon world in the last 10 years. And I think a lot of what I brought to that game was a background in lifting weights, competitive power lifter for a long time, did a little Olympic weightlifting, and then just being a strength and conditioning coach, I was able to really apply what I was doing during the day to my training and become a decent marathon runner. I'm not breaking world records. I'm not embarrassing myself either. Uh, so I linked up with Dr. R.J. Borgers, one of my good friends at work, and we wrote this book that's going to be dropping in the fall, and I could not be more excited about that. But that being said, we got a cool, really cool roundtable today of uh, of guy in Martin Vinny who wrote a really cool children's book related to soccer but got some bigger life lessons for the kids in it and then he got Sarah Dole who wrote a book aimed at people making that transition from adolescence to adulthood and then he got me coming to it from the perspective of I wrote a book about helping people that are already athletic take the next step in your athletic career and hopefully extend that athletic career and be running you know quality races well into their 30s 40s 50s whatever it might be with that being said couple uh, resources I want to shout out for aspiring authors out there. If you guys listen to this and think you want to get the ball rolling and writing your own book, there's three things I think are super valuable available to you for free right now. One is the Self-Publishing School podcast. It's available on all your podcast streaming platforms. Uh, it's hosted by Chandler Bolt, one of the most successful self-publishers out there. And he brings on a different author every week, and they tell their story. How did you self-publish? How did you market the book? How did you get booked on speaking engagements? That whole kind of thing, which I think is super valuable. Because like I said, I've been lucky enough to work with publishers on both of my books. Uh, but every other author we've had on this podcast has been self-published. You can learn from them and definitely learn from Chandler Bolt and Self-Publishing School. The next thing you should definitely check out is SPI, the Smart Passive Income Podcast, hosted by Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn has written several books that have been very successful in the self-publishing world and the mainstream publishing world about business and online uh, commerce and making money as a coach. And he's another guy that kind of did what me, Sarah, and Vinny did, which is take his day job and write a book about it. And the last uh, thing I want to shout out, obviously my partners in Stand Up and Laugh, everybody over at microcosmpublishing.com. They have a podcast right now that explains the ins and outs of the publishing industry. And there was also an audio book called The People's Guide to Publishing by Joe Beal. Um, it's about a 10, 12-hour read if you listen to it. You can also get the hardcover if you want, obviously. But the audio book I thought was super interesting because it really explained the publishing industry to me 
and made me want to, number one, work with microcosm, and number two, just kind of understand the game that I was trying to get into a little bit better, which is super valuable. Uh, on this episode of me and my cousins, we brought three coaches in, and that's kind of like a coach's guide to the publishing industry. So hopefully you guys check out some of those podcasts and audio books, and hopefully we get Mike and Kenny back on the Me and My Cousins podcast soon. What's up, everybody? It's Angelo from the Me and My Cousins podcast, hanging out with my little buddy, June. We listen to the Me and My Cousins podcast in the car, when we're getting ready for soccer, when we're cooking in the kitchen, when we're wearing our cool sneakers, and when we're working out. Find me on all social media at Mr. Fifth Round. I'm Mrs. Seventh Round. Cousins. It's a podcast. What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of Me and My Cousins. Unfortunately, Mike and Kenny are not with us again this week. We're going to have them once again for the end of season two next week. Have all three cousins back coming at you. But we got a very special guest. Um, I've talked at length on this podcast about the book I put out in February called Stand Up and Laugh. I have another book coming out in November called Finish Strong, Resistance Training for Endurance Athletes. And tonight, I want to talk a little more about that one because I have two people that came into my life through the athletics world, and they kind of did exactly what I did. They took their nine-to-five day job and wrote books about them. And I'm going to keep it real. We worked together for a couple of years. We've been friends for about a decade. And of the Hundreds of people I've worked with in college athletics over the last 20 years. These are two of the only people that if they wrote books, I wouldn't crack up and laugh in their face. And I'm actually going to buy and have read these books. So that if that <laughs> says a little more about college athletics or these people, I'm not sure. But I'm super excited to talk about the book writing process and taking that nine to five and turn it into a passion project. And hopefully another source of income for all three of us. Uh, first up, we have someone who came to into my life as the assistant soccer coach at Seton Hall. Did a great job at that. And pretty much immediately after wrapping up that, that period in his career, wrote a children's book that dropped at the end of 2019. And that's Mark Vinny, Marco Trigiano. And then we have Sarah Dole, the head women's golf coach at Seton Hall. Let's keep it real. Probably the most successful coach at Seton Hall in the 2010s of across all sports. Won three Big East championships. Uh, got a job out in San Francisco. We're happy for her, but mad she left. We're going to all keep it real. Um, but she has a book coming out in June about kind of making your future self look back and be proud of what you're doing now. So this is a good mix of people that have written books kind of related to athletics and definitely related to the coaching world. But you got Vinny coming to it from a children's book perspective, Sarah coming to it from a self-help perspective, and me coming to it from a athletic training and actually getting physically better perspectives. I think we've got a, a lot of, and we're all doing this a little bit different in self-publishing, major publishing, different ways like that. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of that. That being said, uh, Vinny first, then Sarah. Vinny, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me and Sarah. It's good to connect with her as well. I'm really happy that you brought us all together to enjoy this time. Yeah, man, this should be a good time for everybody. Sarah, how are you doing on the West Coast? Oh, my God. Just hearing you do that intro, I miss you so much. You have no idea. The West Coast is awesome. It's, I'm sorry. It's the best coast, but I definitely missed all of you back there. Yeah, yeah, man. Jersey can be a tough place to live, especially if you're not from here like like I am. Um, but yeah, I think the hate on the West Coast would be remiss. It's nice weather all year round. Seems to be nicer people. Probably a little bit better pace of living than we have out here. But uh, let's start real quick. Because Vinny's got the furthest along in this process. His book's already been out for over a year. He's done the podcast circuit. He's speaking a lot, which I see on social media, which I think is great. 
How does the book happen, man? How do you go from soccer coach to children's book author? Well, you know, this wasn't a, you know, out of nowhere kind of thing. I've had this idea for a long time. Uh, it all started when I was playing professional soccer and I, I came up with this idea and it's taken me 20 years uh, to write. And uh, so it's been a really long, hard process. Um, and, you know, when I was at Seton Hall and I moved on, you know, it just presented an opportunity that I just felt the need and the timing was right for me to, you know, dig out this little gem that I had inside. And I wanted to, you know, share it with, with the world. I wanted to share it with little kids. And, and also for myself to give myself a little peace of mind that like, I can create something, I can make something and, you know, give back to the game and give back to kids and, and also for myself. So it was, it was a really cool thing and it, but it took a long time. So I might be farther gone, but you guys, you know, uh, did a lot quicker than I did. I'm sure. Unless you guys had done this 20 years. I'm not, I'm not 20 years in. I've been thinking about this book for about five years um, have proposed another book to a lot of publishers for all of 2018 and got zero in, not zero. I got some interest, but nobody wanted to pull the trigger and actually publish the book. Right. Then I got a right. different idea. I linked up with Dr. RJ Borgers again from Seton Hall. And we just, we had a better idea. And, and within a week had a couple of different competing publishing offers to put that out. I think that's a good lesson too. Of like a lot of times, if you're getting shut down and doors shut in your face, it's not necessarily, they're not, telling you you're you're bad or it's you're, you're a bad writer it was a bad idea you know what i mean right. um, and then when i well, came back with the right idea i got interest and in advance and able to publish a book yeah i mean for me it was kind of like i shut myself down quite a, a lot of times you know where i you know got onto the idea i would work it a little bit then it would get a little hard and i would get away from it and then you know life happens you get a new job you get a new career you move and then the next thing you know uh, you haven't done anything. And, uh, you know, like I said, this moment arised where I had a chance to, to get it and get it out. And, but once I decided and committed to that, uh, it was, it was going to be done. And, and I had it already done in my head and it was just a matter of just bringing it out and making it real. I want to get to Sarah's version of that in one second, but I, the, my book, it relates to running marathons, right? I, I've run my first marathon actually ran with Sarah, oddly enough. And I'll talk about that in a second. But what I say, when you go run a marathon, say there's 2,000 people running 26.2 miles that day. The only decision everybody made was they're going to run 26.2 miles. After that, there's a million different, you could wear different sneakers, different nutrition, different training plan. Everything else doesn't matter. We're all making that decision, right? So I say, when you walk into Barnes & Noble, there's a thousand plus books. The only decision every author made was I'm writing a book. Every other thing is right. different, but that first decision is the most important one. Um, and since I brought up a marathon already, before I get to Sarah, I just, so you know the level of commitment her players have had to her over the years. In 2011, I was running the New Jersey Marathon. I believe she was running the half marathon, maybe the full, I don't remember. But her entire women's golf team came to the race to support her, right? I didn't know they were going to be there. So at mile seven, I just see a bunch of young women cheering my name. It's the Seattle women's golf team. But I think I'm hallucinating because I'm like, why would all of them be here today? It makes no sense. Like, I knew this could happen, but not at mile seven. I've got to be better than this. Uh, but that, I mean, for your players to give up a day of their life and come all the way down to Jersey Shore and cheer you on and just because I happen to be there, cheer me on, I think it says a lot about you as a person, as a coach. So, Sarah, how's the book writing process happen for you? 
Oh, I am laughing because I totally forgot about that. And I wanted to, I'm really glad you pointed out. I did not run a marathon. I did the half and I almost died. So kudos to you. Um, so mine was a little bit different, the book writing process. I, I started thinking about it about five years ago. Um, and the premise for my book is actually through college athletics. Um, when I became a head coach, I feel like we do not properly get our student athletes ready for college or for life after college. So I started doing a program called Real Life 101 with the seniors that I coached. And it was in the spring senior year, I would do several sessions with them. And it was like a money management course, um, how to cook, you know, all of these different things. And then one of them was life lessons with coach. And it was a little cheesy, but it was like 15 life lessons I've learned. And I, we would sit in my office and we would just chat about it. And my therapist at the time, I was telling her about it. And she said, you should write a book out of that. And that was the first time it went into my head of, oh, I really, I could do this. And then it sat in my head for two years. And then I started writing the book on January 1st, 2019. And I finished it in 2019. And then it sat on my hard drive for an entire year. Um, and finally, I said, I'm going to do this. And I didn't even pitch it to, uh, to anyone. I just decided I'm going to do this on my own. So I found a, a group called Scripter Publishing Group, and I actually paid them to help me self-publish um, because I didn't, you know, I'm doing this more for my my career because I'm, I'm a certified life coach and I have a business on top of being a college coach. Um, and I just decided I wanted to just have this book for the long term. So um, yeah, I didn't wait 20 years. I waited five and that felt like a long time. So good for you, Vinny, for being patient. Oh, one, one thing I'm going to say, and I, I've, I've shouted out a couple over the years, some podcasts I've listened to and things I've read that have helped me with the writing process. But I think a lot of people view the publishing of a book as the finish line. And a lot of ways, that's the, the starting line, right? The way I put it, I think people write a book and think they're done, but it's almost like writing the book is running a 5K. And then somebody tells you, hold on, you're running a marathon. Um, and I think Sarah's got that idea perfectly right in her head. Uh, my idea was that I wanted to write a book. I'm going to have, like Vinny said, have a physical product that I produced and people could read and I could, I could show my daughter when she's a grown up and all that. But I want to open some doors in the speaking world and the podcast world, uh, which you can argue this isn't right, but it is true. Once you have a book out, you kind of establish yourself as a, as a thought leader um, just by nature of having that book out. I, I saw a statistic recently that 81% of the population thinks they could write a book. 1% of the population actually does. Um, I think it's kind of cool. We're all in that 1%. I, I have no idea. I've not vetted that stat at all, but it sounds about right to me. So I'll go ahead and believe it. Um, but I think there's something to be said for that and pulling the trigger and doing that. That being said, uh, Vin, what was your writing process? Did you, cause the children's book is different, right? It's not a ton of text, but it's a lot of pictures, a lot of layout work. How did you create the, the physical book we could buy? Well, that, that whole process was actually, really fun. But even, even before that, when I, when I was making the commitment, I was trying to find help because I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I didn't know what I was doing with soccer. I didn't know what I was doing to make money. I, I just didn't have any answers. So I, I looked up a friend and, and actually when I reached out to him, he said, you know what? I was just thinking of you. And I hadn't talked to this guy for like 20 years. So uh, we connected and he invited me to New York City where we, we had a chance to talk. And, and I told him, and one of my biggest problems was uh, creativity. It, it's, it's a good problem and it's a bad problem. And what I mean by that is 
if you know me, I'm a really creative guy. I've got thoughts about everything, movies, podcasts, uh, books. I, I got commercials, you name it. But what happens is I swim in that creativity. And as I'm backstroking and, you know, diving and swimming around in the creativity, I get my head up and I look and I, I don't have anything. I didn't do anything. So I went to him and I asked him for some help. And uh, he did two things. One, he told me, um, some things that we even tell our kids when it comes to coaching and stuff, you got to narrow your focus. So, you know, when he said that to me, I've heard that before, but for some reason, this guy, I trusted him. I, you know, he was a mentor of mine when I was younger, I looked up to him. So now my focus and we picked something and then he did something that was really awesome. He gave me a bag of rocks and these weren't just any bag of rocks. These had words on them like integrity and honesty and discipline and things like that. So I would pick out some of these words out of the rocks and I would write about them in the morning. So uh, what he basically did, though, he did a few things for me. One, he got me to, you know, now my focus is I'm going to commit to the kids book. Two, he got me to sit in the chair and write and kind of like a warm up. So I would take those words and I would start writing about those words, you know, paragraph or two or a small little sentence or two about them. And then what happened was it became fun. I would get up every morning and I would try to write and, and get into that process. And then I hit some snags when I, when I got into the process, you know, half the book was in rhyme and half the book wasn't in rhyme. So people would say to me, you know, you either got to choose the all rhyme or the all no rhyme. So, you know, I wound up choosing rhyming and, and basically because it's just more fun, right? It, it was just, I wanted it to be fun for the kids. I wanted it to be fun for me. And so the rhyming piece was cool. And then, you know, after you do all the writing and you edit, 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 as we probably, everybody here on this podcast knows that that's what you got to do. Um, I, I'm editing and then, you know, you get to the illustrator part. So now this was really hard, but it was really fun because I had to take the words and I had to create scenes and pictures that represent the words or the, the picture helps describe the words. And it's a really interesting and, and fun process. I got lucky. I found a, a great illustrator, uh, Ariane Alsamak. She's from um, New Jersey, actually. So that was pretty cool. And Teaming up with her was a really interesting exchange of ideas and thoughts and creativity. And, but, you know, as we went through the process, she created my character really cool, gave me a lot of fuel. Then she showed me the board, the storyboard, and it had the scenes on there really cool, black and white. But then once she added the color, it was like, oh, yeah, man, this is great. I'm moving forward. We're, we're finishing this. It's almost done. And, you know, to your point earlier, you know, we say this to our kids in sports. I know I say it to the kids in soccer, making the team is easy, right? Staying on the team is hard. So making the book at the end of the day, for me, was a little easy. All the process after the book now has become really, really hard, like selling it, marketing it, making another book while you're doing all this, a website. So it, it, it's a really cool, rewarding process, but it's hard. And that's why we're on the 1%. It is hard, but we have the fuel, we have the energy, we have the passion, we have the vision, and that's why we do it. Hey, real quick, before we get to Sarah, one thing I think that has helped me out, kind of like Vinny with an illustrator, and I think Sarah's experience is going to be a little bit different, but me having a co-author and an editor from the publisher really kind of it, it outlined what the book had to be. 
right? Because mm-hmm. yep. this could go up in a hundred different tangents, right? And on a podcast or like a stand-up comedy set, a tangent could be a really good thing, right? And a book, right. It, could be, it could be a disaster if it go, yeah. you know, if you can't follow where the author's going. Um, so I just we locked we locked our table of contents in very early, and that was kind of like our roadmap to go all the way through, right? And cool. then I think the other thing is when there's days you don't want to work on it or days you're not feeling inspired having that co-author or that illustrator in your case will get you going because you're, they're holding you accountable because they got to get your part to get to their part. Kind of like, like a team. You're a team to some extent. Yeah. You know, it's a very small team. Now, now, Sarah, it seems like your your process was a little more self-contained. What was your process like? Yeah, I actually, um, I had a person in my life really help move me forward too. Actually, um, some you both might know her, Jocelyn. She played soccer at Seton Hall. Sure. Yep. Um, and she's, uh, you know, has a PhD in, in English. And um, I called her January 1st, 2019. Um, and was like, I want to write a book. And she went into business mode and was like, okay, so here's what you have to do. What makes you a different voice? Like, what's your target audience? What's the layout of your chapters? What's your elevator pitch? Like she went into like, this is, you know, and in all fairness, if I if Jocelyn had called me and said I want to be a golfer, I would have laughed at her. <laughs> so like, I appreciate that she really made me see that I could do it. Um, so that's when I started the writing process. That was the fun piece for me is just writing, and I started just pencil to paper and just wrote for like months. And then I realized, oh my god, I'm gonna have to type this now. So then I just decided to let's go to the computer and just started typing. And I just let it flow um, for that solid year. And I finished the first draft and then I just let it sit there. I, I sent it to a couple people to read and then fear took over. Mm. Um, You know, like Vinny, you were talking about swimming in the creativity. Um, I swim in the fear, like, you know, like with the creativity, like when I start thinking about something, I just do it. Like I'm very self-motivated. I feel really fortunate. Like I think athletics did that for me. So, you know, I had this creative process and I was figuring it out and I was journaling and I was doing like the, I don't know if you've heard of the artist way. Yep. Um, I did that book, the morning pages. I did that in like 2018, which made me realize, oh, I think I'm a pretty decent writer. Um, But then it was the fear of this isn't good enough. And like, who's going to buy this? And, you know, and then COVID hit. And then I was like, well, what the hell am I waiting for? So towards the end of 2020, I just started researching and I actually put, you know, I follow a lot of life coaches. I follow a lot of motivational speakers online because I don't like to just scroll Twitter and see all the crap that's happening, you know? And I'm on this group and a a woman had put up like a prompt question, like, you know, what are you going to do in 2020? And I wrote, I'm going to get my book published. She immediately wrote me a message behind the scenes, sent me to Scripter Publishing Group. And I just called, had a, a phone call with them. And this was the difference is self-publishing. You do have an editor. You do have someone helps you with grammar. You do have someone who formats. You have someone graphic design, but they don't try and change your message at all. They give suggestions and it's up to you. And that's what I appreciated about self-publishing is that they didn't try to change my message. And I'm not saying that a publisher necessarily does that, but that was a fear of someone who was going to tell me, no, you have to change all this. And I like the way it is. So um, I was pretty. I was pretty happy with the self-publishing route so far, but again, I still have three weeks till the book comes out, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, real quick, and maybe this is directed towards college athletics in general, and maybe directed towards people we all know they're going to remain nameless. Do you guys find that people that don't do anything 
think they could do everything. Like there's certain people you tell them you want to write a book, like, oh, I could write a book. Then write a book or they don't want to read yours and critique it. And they've never produced anything creatively in their life. And I find that the, when you're around people that, that just quote unquote do things, they kind of res- at least respect that you're doing something, even if they don't like the content or the layout or whatever, they'll kind of be like, well, this is, this is something that I can respect at least. And it's always, you get the negative feedback from people that just don't do anything. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Like that story you just said was me talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> You know, hey, dude, you don't do anything. You know, why don't you do something? You keep saying you're going to do it, and you don't do it. You're full of it. And and that's basically what pushed me. I, I had to push myself uh, to to just take the leap. And and I understand what you're saying, Sarah, with the fear. You know, there's all different kinds that, that seep in. Um, in the end, I, I just needed to take a little bit of a leap for myself and just go for it blindly and just say, it was more about what you're saying, Angel. Like, just you got to do stuff. If you, you know, if you want to get better at anything, you want to get better grades, you want to get better at your sport, you, you have to do stuff. It's not just going to come out of nowhere at a magic and just happen for you, you know? And the other thing, too, I think is as athletics people, we can all relate to this. We want to see your take on it. I took this book writing process almost to the, to the, the point of my first one is probably not going to be a masterpiece. I want to make it as good as I can but nobody's first year playing soccer or golf is as good as their 20th year playing soccer or golf. Right. And my thing was, I'm not going to be great at this. I want to surround myself with good people and get as good as I can with the idea of this is a building block. My next one's going to be a little better. Third one's going to be better than that. Right. And as a parent, that's what I was like, like we'll do so me and June will play Mario Kart. We'll play skee ball on the boardwalk. And like, I'll win by a lot. Cause I don't believe in letting her win, but you're like, why are you so much better? Cause I've been playing Mario Kart since 1991. There's no way you could beat me at that. I'll pick the bad character and still win. You got to put some time in with that controller and beat me at Mario Kart. But that's and it's, it's hard to explain it to a kid, but you got to just get started and go to practice and get on the driving range or on the field or in the weight room and just start doing it and get behind the typewriter and you get better at it. Um, so, Vin, what's the first year of having a book like? I'm, I'm coming up. Sarah's got something dropping first and I'm in November. You've been out for a year already. What's the first year like? I mean, the, you know, I'm really excited for you guys because now, now I'm, I get to look back a little bit and see that process for you guys happen. And it's just, it's exhilarating. If there's a better word, I got to find it. But, you know, that's, you feel just this, you know, great sense of accomplishment. Uh, you see your finished product. Uh, and then the, then the next fear kicks in though. <laughs> of Okay, whoa, I have this. Now what? How am I going to do this? So, so there's going to be some euphoria and awesome feeling, and then there's going to be a little bit of that. Okay, now what? But uh, if you guys have a plan in place, which it sounds like Sarah actually, you know, it looks like you've been working on your plan and you have a good plan for your launching and stuff, which is really cool. And I didn't do that. Uh, in fact, you know, this is something that I want to make sure that people know if they are doing a book and they are going through the process, you know as you're creating and you're handing your stuff to an editor or someone else, an illustrator that you could do other things. And the other things you need to do is like starting that plan so that when the book is made, you don't just sit there and go, I did it. Well, yeah, you made the team, but now you got to work more. And so, you know, getting that plan early is, is, is something that I would suggest. And it sounds like we're all, you guys are all doing that. And what happened for me was I was stuck in that fear mode as well. Like Sarah said, I was like, "Uh Oh, wait, I, I still have like one more piece, but I drag my feet a little bit. What if they don't like it? How am I going to do this? I'm not really sure. Is it good? And then, but then I just said, I'm doing it. 
and um, I didn't do a launch party. Uh, you know, I was kind of behind on that. That would have been a really fun process. But the good news is I learned from it and now I'm writing the next book and now I have a better idea of what's going on. And, and I can already tell you too, that it, it, it is a little bit better than the first one. Uh, and you are better after you practice something a little bit better than when you first were. And, you know, you just keep learning. And for me, this process, it has all been learning. I've learned everything brand new. I, you know, like I felt like a little kid. So it was really cool. Event serious question. It's going to sound like a joke, but it's not. Where do you have a launch party for a children's book? Can we do that in the VIP section at a club in Seaside? Are we popping bottles? What's that like for a kid's book? <laughs> well, that's a good question because I didn't launch one, but really, you know, all it is, is, you know, I would think if I was to do it again, is to invite your friends, invite your family, Get the word out to teachers that you might know. Maybe some. Maybe you could host it at a uh, an organization that has kids and parents uh, connection. Uh, maybe a school that I you know that you're you know uh, at that you went to when I was you're a little kid. Like I went and did an author visit for my nephew who works who uh, goes to school at Sycamore Elementary, and Sycamore is in the name of the book in the book. Right. There's a little mention of Sycamore. So I went back to the school. Now, that would be a great place that I could do a fun event. Uh, but with COVID and everything like that, it's kind of hard. So you got to be creative. But, uh, you know, th those are just some things that I've been thinking about, you know, for my next one. Nice. Um, Sarah, since you announced about a month ago, I'm going to say, and you got a book coming out in about a month. What's that been like? Was it, I'm assuming the social media support on that initial post was really good. Um, are you doing pre-sales yet? Are people buying it? How's, it? how's it feeling so far? Yeah, I actually, so this was the great thing about working with this publishing group. They have a marketing strategy in place and I just finished my life coaching certificate and they have a marketing strategy in place. So marketing has been like my life for the last year. And what was cool about it is they suggested you have a launch team. So I have 55 people on my launch team right now who are reading the book ahead of time and they're starting to give feedback and texting me things. And I'm using those texts as graphics for social media. They're all going to be leaving reviews on Amazon when it comes out. Um, you know, and, you know, I created a book trailer where we had interviews. I have a friend who's a director of creative videography here at USF and she helped create a book trailer for me. Like I'm just, I'm in that mode of figuring it out the first time around. Um, and so far I'm really proud of it. And I know that there's so much more I could be doing. And if I start going down that road, then I'm going to like get paralyzed. Right. It's like, if you stand over the golf ball too long, you're going to shank it. Right. So right. for me, I just picked two or three marketing strategies that I knew I could handle well, still in our golf season, while running a business, while all of the other things that I'm doing, um, so I'm actually not doing a launch party again. We're still kind of sort of towards the end of COVID here, hopefully, but I am doing a lot of like with my launch team, they are all helping share it on their social media. I do have pre-sales going on right now. I just launched that about five days ago. I have 20 sales so far. I mean, I'll take it. That's better than no sales. Right. So, um, you know, what I was thinking about when you said, uh, a little while ago, Angelo about, um, you know, it's not going to be a masterpiece or it's not going to be perfect. And I believe in the thought process of you could be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. And like, I, I've done the best that I can with what I know right now with this first book. I have about three books in my head right now coming out after this. Um, but right now I'm just really like, like eating this up. I love this. I love doing social media. I love talking about 
the process. I'm looking forward to going to local booksellers and talking to them. And, you know, there's, I know there's so much that can be done and I want to do what, like, I'm going to so sound like Marie Kondo right now and say, I want to do what brings me joy, but that's really it. Like, I want to enjoy this process. I'm very fortunate that I don't, like, I'm, I'm not depending on the sales of this book to have dinner tomorrow. And that's the fun part about it for me. This is like a passion project. And I know this is going to set up my career, uh, my next career and my future. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. It's just like, I'm just like taking notes over here of things Vinny's saying. I'm like, where's my launch party going to be for book two, you know? What are you talking about, Sarah? <laughs> what you're doing right now sounds like a free a party, man. I'm, I'm going to say, hey, how come me and Angela weren't invited to the party? I want to be your 56 or 56. It's not too late. It's not too late. I'll send you an email. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in for that, too. We're in. Hey, I want to say one thing real quick about Sarah said your first book, Fight Not Going to Be Your Masterpiece. And I think this applies to all three of us. All three of the books we're talking about today have a chance to be somebody's masterpiece, right? Like there's a kid that's going to read Vinny's book and remember their entire life the way we remember the books our parents read to us when we were kids, right? There's going to yeah. be somebody graduating college that reads Sarah's book and say, that's the blueprint for the next 20 years of my life. Somebody's going to read my book and that's the blueprint for their first marathon. And that could be a life-changing experience. So I think maybe if it's not a big critical success or you don't sell a hundred thousand copies the first week, you could still be, even though the, if the injury doesn't consider you a masterpiece, we could be somebody's masterpiece. I and mean, that that's important to keep in mind too. That's awesome. I almost teared up from that statement. <laughs> I agree Angela, with you. Like, you want to know, this is for both of you guys, actually, Sarah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you that's off. Okay. Go ahead. You know, once, once you see the, the book get into the hands of people, you know, these cool things start to happen. You know, I, you know, I get a, a mom will say, my kid sleeps with your book. You know, that's the stuff, right? You, you're, you're, you're going, wow, man, tell me more of those. And, I, you know, I had a, a coach at a club that I was working at. I never met this guy. Uh, I was on my way out. I was trying to do more with the book. And we just got to talk and he says, uh, what are you doing? I go, oh, I'm, you know, going to focus on writing, you know, writing my next kid's book. He goes, you wrote a book? I go, yes, The Adventures of Little Marco and a Soccer Ball Buddy. He goes, I have that book. I go, really? He's like, yeah, it's my son's favorite book. I'm like, get out of here. Brings the kid over. I'm like, you know, how did you like my book? He's like, yeah, it's my favorite. And, and uh, when you see that kind of stuff, look at the smiles on your faces already. You know, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be like this ongoing, constant, you know, thing that's, it, it's going to fuel you to do more. And yeah. that's special. And I think real quick for anybody thinking about writing a book out there, I think one, there's a lot, I think we dropped a lot of, a lot of jewels on people today, but I think one thing you want to take out is it's, it, it's the using a running cliche. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? It's cultivating that fan base and continuing to post on social media and keeping growing the book. I, I heard recently, I can't remember who said, it, I wish I gave him credit, but the best marketing strategy for a book is to write a great book that people want to read two, three, four, 10 years later, um, and not just have the quick hit the week it drops and people forget about it. And I think as a, as a group on this podcast, we all kind of came from that of, and I want to do numbers the first week if I can, but I want, like Vinny said, in year two, somebody coming and saying, my son sleeps in his bed with your book. That's the, that's kind of the long-term goal. And hopefully we're all playing the long game here. Um, that being said, man, what do you guys got next? Vinny says we're going to his next book. Sarah, you got your book coming out. I'm assuming that's going to lace into some, are you going to do uh, courses along with that or what's, what's offered yeah. along with your book? Well, with, with the book, um, at the end of every chapter, there is a journal page with prompt questions based in every lesson that I talk about throughout the book. 
And so I'm currently turning that into a workbook that's going to be free on my website um, to go along with the book. So it's, I think that's going to be really helpful for people as they read through the book. You know, I know a lot of people who read books like this take a lot of notes and it's just a chance to kind of keep your own journal based in all these lessons. Um, I have a, a second and a third book in my brain. And it's really interesting, Vinny, that we're sitting here talking because you wrote a kid's book. My sister's a teacher, fourth grade teacher, third grade teacher. Oh my God, if she's listening to this, she's gonna be so mad that I don't know what grade she teaches. Um, and she said she wants to write a kid's book with me. So <clears throat> the name of my book is Your Future Self Will Thank You. I'm thinking about doing Your Future Self Will Thank You Kids Edition. Mm -hmm. um, there's a chapter in the book that's all about my mom. And my mom was severely bipolar and she passed away a couple of years ago of cancer. I'm thinking about writing an act, a book about growing up with a parent with a major mental health issue and you know, discussing that and how you can come out on the other side much stronger because of it. That one's gonna be emotional and difficult to write. So that's the one that's gonna take a while, but um, I have plans for using a lot of what's in this book for some uh, clinics I'm gonna do and some you know, women's life coaching sessions I'm gonna do. It's, it's all still, as you can hear, it's not very formulated because right now I'm just like still in the, oh my God, my book's coming out in three weeks. Hey, real quick, just because Sarah brought up family. I've said this on the podcast before. I want to reiterate, uh, a lot of people depend on their family for support when they drop a product like a book. In my case, I do a podcast with two of my cousins that are two of my best friends, one of which has been in the hospital after an accident for a month and in bed for another month with nothing but time on his hands. Neither have bought the comedy book I dropped back in February. My father's review of that book was he bought it, got to thank him for that, I said, dad, what'd you think? And I swear to God, his response was, I like the beginning and I like the end. And I said, what about the middle? And he said, didn't read it. <laughs> so with that being said about my family, not buying my books and not supporting my artistic endeavors, what do you guys want out of your books? What do you want the long lasting impact of your first book to be? Let's go Sarah first and then Vinny. Um, honestly, right now, I mean, I'm only a couple weeks into people who I know and love reading it and they were much kinder than your father was. Um, my mother-in-law, who is probably the one person that I think might be the hardest person to like, I don't want to say please, she's a wonderful human, but I honestly didn't think she was going to like this book. And um, she read it and she called me and said she cried for half an hour after reading the book because of the ending of the book. And that was like my litmus test that she is not my demographic. My demographic is, you know, 18 to 30 year olds coming out of high school and college. And, um, but the fact that my 73, I might mess that up. 73 year old mother-in-law loved the book and, and cried. Like that's the impact I want to have is that someone, I think people will laugh at my book. They will cry. They will like roll their eyes at me if they know me. Like I want that, I want them to feel emotion that I wrote or that I had while writing this book. And I want them to walk away with something concrete that they can do to better themselves. Like that is my goal is if I affect one person in one way, like I have done my job with this book and so far I'm already seeing that it's happening. And like, that's, that's the lasting impression that I want for mine. Nice, Vin, what are we looking at for lasting impressions of Little Marco? Well, I, I like the the one thing I've heard once before that uh, people don't choose books, books, books choose people. And, you know, really, I just want this to be a resource for anybody that's looking to, uh, you know, find passion, 
you know, learn some valuable lessons uh, to play. Like the power of play is really important just to like, just play. It, it, it frees you up to think. It frees you up for new ideas. It frees you up for creativity. And, you know, I just want it to be something that, you know, you could pick up, use it for whatever it is you want to do and apply to your life, whether it's a kid, there's, there's lessons in there for adults too, in this book. And besides you can use it as a coaster. It also <laughs> doubles up as a doorstop. I mean, you can use it for whatever you want, but I want it just to be a, a resource for someone that they can, they can pick it up and, and, and learn something maybe about themselves or about the game or whatever. Nice. I hope the lasting impact of finish strong is there's definitely an inspirational component to you guys, but I think like nuts and bolts wise, the idea of that, if you're running any kind of endurance event, triathlon, marathon, whatever it is, it's or just gotta be about miles, miles, miles. And there's other ways to prepare your body that might extend your career and ward off injury a little bit. Um, so if you're in a marathon at 25, that's awesome. Can we keep doing that at 35, 45, 55? I want to try to impact people that way. I, because that the distance endurance world has meant so much to me in the last 10 years of my life. I'd like other people to have a good, positive, healthy experience doing that. Uh, Sarah, what advice do you have to somebody that wants to write a book? Maybe they're a college athletics coach. Maybe they're a student, whatever it is, but they want to get their first book out there like you're about to do in June of 2021. I mean, it's going to sound so freaking simple, but just start writing and write what comes to your heart, what moves you. Like, don't try to write a book to sell it. Write a book for the impact that you want it to have. Write a book for, you know, what really means something to you. And I think when you start trying to do things to try to make money, then sometimes you lose the authenticity of what you're trying to say. So I would just say, figure out what it is your why is behind writing this book and stay really, really close to that why. Um, and, and it's going to become a much better product if you're in, like, it's just with anything with sports. If you're in the process, not thinking about winning the game or what you're going to shoot on the golf course, you're thinking about your process, like stay in your process and do your best to stay exactly where you are. Don't start thinking about, oh my God, is this good book going to be sitting in Barnes and Noble? Am I going to be, you know, get back to, I'm on chapter three and stay in the moment and enjoy every freaking moment of the writing before you know it, you've got to figure out how to sell it to Barnes and Noble. Nice. I don't think anybody can argue with that. Vin, what do we got, man? I mean, I piggyback a little bit on that of, you know, I've really enjoyed the process and I think creating a process is, is part of what made me be able to write this. And one of the things that I did was I found fun, creative activities that helped me along the way when I had those hard times, because you're going to hit lots of like moments where you just maybe you're not motivated or you're looking at a blank screen you don't know which words should come out on the paper and you're not really sure what to do uh that you create you know uh areas of opportunity for you to push through that and like some of those could be just walking away from the screen for a little bit and going for a walk going for a hike um you know i studied tai chi i i started doing yoga i would do meditation so uh, oh, the, the rocks. That was a big part of the process. I really enjoyed waking up the next morning, getting my cup of coffee, pulling out those rocks, warm me up, and then I would start writing. And then like, if, if that wasn't working, I would do other things. And that just helped me along the way. So one of my tips would be to just, you know, create some strategies for yourself that when you do get stuck, when it does get hard, that you stay motivated, you stay engaged. Uh, and, and then sometimes it's good to take a break. You walk away from it also. 
And that's great. Another thing I don't think anybody would argue with the piece of advice I'll give on this. And I think it's kind of helped me out guiding me through this, this finish strong book process. Think about the person you want to impact and write it for them. Right. Um, yeah. If my, if my desired reader or my, my typical reader is going to be a 25 to 50 year old that does a already distance runner making constant references to let's say rappers and the office sitcom and the Jersey shore is going to not work in that book. Right. But if I make references to the New York city marathon, what kind of sneakers I like to run in and how intimidating the weight room is the first time you go in and you've never seen a squat rack before that stuff that that world relates to, you know what I mean? So I think try to write a book you want to read and you try to think about who's going to buy and read that book and how you can best impact them. Um, it's kind of a good kind of lighthouse to look out for as you're you know, wading through the waters and, and writing the text and editing and all that process. That being said, uh, I can't thank you guys enough for doing this. It was great to catch up. It's been way too long. Uh, I, I love Vinny's book. I can't wait to get my hands on Sarah's book. And then, uh, so Sarah, where do we catch up with you? Where are you online? Where do we get the book? How do we become more of a fan of Sarah Dole? <laughs> become a fan of Sarah Dole. That's a fun phrase. Um, honestly, it's saradolecoaching.com. So it's Sarah with no H, D-O-E-L-L, coaching.com. Everything is on there. You can, it links to all of my social media. I have a page for the book on there right now. Um, up until June um, 15th, you can do pre-orders through there and then it'll be on Amazon um, starting June 15th. Nice. Uh, Vinny, what do we got, man? How do we catch up with you and little Marco? Well, you know, if you want to see me in person anytime soon, uh, Sunday, June 27th, I'm going to be at Burke's Market in Buckhead. It's on um, uh, Main Avenue. I'm going to be doing a little book signing there. It's from uh, 10 to 4. They're doing this thing called Art in the Park. So it's going to be a lot of fun to be there. Maybe give some uh, giveaways away to the kids and, and, and do some signings. That's going to be fun. And if you want to find me online, you know, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at littlemarcothebook.com. Um, I'm also on uh, Instagram as tacticsoccer.com. And I'm having a problem where I have two conflicting, you know, areas to go to me. I'm in the process of creating one. And I'm going to give you a little hint here. It's called vinnymarco.com. Definitely check that out. Again, you can find most of my stuff online. The book that we're talking about today is Finished Strong, a Resistance Training for Endurance Athletes. It's going to be available from Bloomsbury Publishing on September 30th in Europe and November 30th in the United States. Uh, it's up on Amazon Europe already. Amazon US is coming soon. It's just I know it seems like it's far away, but it's no. just in time for the holiday. So if you got I just people want you that to know November 30th is my birthday. So yes. I love it. Right. So someone should buy her a copy of the book for her birthday because I am not giving her one for free. I had to get those numbers up. I gotta get <laughs> hey, thank you guys very much. It was great to catch up and we'll see you next time. Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. It's a new year. It's a new season of the Me and My Cousins podcast. I got some books coming out this year. Mike's got a girlfriend. It's Instagram official. I think Kenny got a new haircut. Big things in our family. 
big things on the podcast, and we got a sick lineup of guests for 2021 for you guys. For music, we got DJ Fun Size. We got Rodney Cush from Garden State Hip Hop. We got Ramsey Said What from What's the Movement. We got the whole ITM click on one episode. From the world of comedy, we got Richard Dweck. We got Ziggy from The Roast Room. We got Sabrina Ayo. We got Carl Callen. And of course, we have the recap of my roast battle with Matt Nesimeno from Comedy Fight Club. From the business world, we're bringing in everybody from Runner's High. We're bringing in the owner of Ghost Harbor Creative. And from the podcast world, we're having a reunion of everybody from the first appearance podcast. Me and my cousins, it's a podcast.